Ladies and gentlemen, referee Mark Goddard has called a stop to this contest at two minutes, six seconds of the third round. Declaring the winner by submission due to a rear naked choke. And still the undisputed USC lightweight champion of the world, Habib the Eagle. What's going on, guys? Your boy Elroy here, and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA podcast. I'm your host, Josh Prep Egina, and I'm here with my good buddy, Andre Rodriguez. Andre, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on, Prep? <laughs> Sometimes I like to not say, hey, I'm going to record. Yeah, <laughs> that caught me off guard. I was like, what? <laughs> but we're here back after a very anticipated fight. I'm sure we have a lot to say about it. But a bit of a snow, snow, a bit of a slow news week. Not yet. (laughs) So the one piece of news I want to talk about before getting into fight announcements is the homie, your boy Alroy's finest, Mike Perry gets married. Finally, congratulations to Mike Perry. He married the platinum princess. So um, match made in heaven. Yeah. Or in Florida. (laughs) <laughs> Let's get into the nitty-gritty, the fight announcements this week. Very, very good week of fight announcements. Starting off with JDS versus Alexander Volkov. Tough fight for JDS. Very tough fight. Super excited for Alexander to show off again. <laughs> yeah, let's, title contention. let's hope that he can do something there. A very strange announcement uh, coming forward. Uh, Wonder Boy versus Vicente Luque. Hell of a fight, yeah, for uh, New York. Um, this fight coming off of John Jones saying fight and uh, fight news coming. Jan Blahovitz versus Jacare Souza in Jacare's debut at two o five. Now, how do you feel about this? Because Jan Blahovitz, obviously being someone who's trying to, you know, get in line for a title, he just knocked out. Luke Rockhold, uh, he's taking on a newcomer in the division. Mind you, someone very decorated in the sport, a um, a contender at 185, but unfortunately he did lose his last fight in a last-second replacement to Jack Hermanson, which is either a really good thing or a really bad thing. <laughs> yeah, this, this is one of those moves where he kind of just moved because he's tired of in being in the looms, mm-hmm. you know, it, he was kind of reaching that Rafael Sunsau point where it was like it didn't matter how many guys he beat, like he was never gonna get the title shot because of his style. But the problem is, is like Jacare knocked out Chris Weidman, destroyed Derek Brunson with a head kick. I mean, he deserved a title shot, but I think he'll make some noise at 205, and I think he'll do really well. So, but the interesting thing is that. <clears throat> With John Jones saying that he had some big fight news coming up, his next, you know, title defense was su- was suspected to be Jan Blahovich. So, you know, um, you guys might hate me for saying this, but um, I think he might be moving up to heavyweight to fight Rumble. I don't know, because I think it's too. Jesus, what a rookie move. 
boom, and we're live. All right, back. Sorry about <laughs> that, Andre. Um, it's okay. What were we talking about? Rumble. You said you you think that he's gonna fight Rumble. Well, you have to think about. All right, there's two factors in this. One, John Jones never does that, right? So in order for him actually to say he has big fight news, it can only mean one or two things. One, Johnny Walker is not in title contention yet. Neither is Dominic Reyes. He's not fighting volcanoes. The and they both have tough fights yeah. coming up. Exactly. So. so, And then here's the thing. They're not going to put Johnny Walker in a title match until he fight either fights Anthony Smith or Volcan. Like those are, those are the gatekeepers right now. Um, Gustafson isn't back. And you know for damn sure that he's not going to make a big fight news to fight Corey Anderson. So all in all, there's only two things that I'm thinking. Either he's making a, a potential fight with Cormier at 205, or he's fighting Rumble. And after what happened to Cormier, we know damn well he ain't going back to 205. So my thought process was they were talking Jan Blahovic and Bones Jones didn't want no part of that. Um, it's boring. As far as, like, the rest of the division, Anthony Smith's out till next year. Anthony Smith wants to fight Luke Rockhold. Uh, Gustafson wants to come back and also fight Luke Rockhold. So, like, those two, you kind of have to push them aside. We haven't had a, we haven't heard anything about Vulcan Ozdemir, and he just won his last fight. He looked great, I believe, in his oh, last yeah. fight. He I, KO'd Alir Latifi. Yeah, he, he killed Alir Latifi, so... Really, you haven't heard anything about him yet, and I don't think he's fought John Jones yet either. No, no. But he has some rebuilding to do. He's not. I don't think he'll take that fight immediately, and that's the thing. And John either. Like, this is my thing. It's like the scrutiny now is like John has cleaned out the division, and nobody really wants to see him fight anybody else other than Johnny Walker or Dominic Reyes. Like, mm -hmm. and the thing is, Luke Rockhold's done. This is like the second or third time he had his he's had his jaw broken in a fight. If he fights again, like that will be really bad. Especially if he fights somebody like Gustafson or Smith, who are power punchers, they're gonna kill him. And and it's not that Luke isn't good; it's just that he's not good. So I I, I really don't see it happening. I really just think he's going to heavyweight. Um, even if it's just a one-time deal, if he's really not trying to be in contention. Because you have to also think, right now he's currently ranked number one pound for pound as the light heavyweight champion. To then throw himself into the mix and heavyweight, like it would have to be a big fight. That's why I think you know the fight with Rumble will make sense at heavyweight because one, Rumble doesn't have to cut weight. And two, neither does John. So he gets to just fight somebody. And and it's a big name. Like, Rumble coming back, like, that's the only thing that makes sense in my head. But I'll let it go because I might be wrong. You never know. Yeah, just to go back because you didn't really uh, – I didn't give you even a chance to say anything about it. But uh, Wonder Boy versus Vicente Luque. Is this a terrible idea for Wonder Boy? Um, no. Um, this is actually a good move for Wonder Boy because he's probably going to end up winning. Vicente is good. But Vicente is only good when he can counter you with his left hook. And Wonder Boy doesn't get hit with left hooks because he's too agile, he's too fast. And with his jaded stance, like, it has to be a hell of a punch. 
And honestly, like, although Pettis knocked him out, like, you have to admit, like, that was the perfect punch that Wonder Boy didn't see coming. So, all in all, I, I really just think that um that he'll probably just end up eking out a decision. Yeah, so uh, other names, Carl Roberson, Andre Arlovsky, and Paul Daly have fight announced fights announced for this year. That's cool. All right, so um, is there anything I'm forgetting? Uh, I don't think so. I think that was it. Andre, we have maybe the biggest non-title fight announcement since Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz won. <laughs> Jorge Gamebred Masvidal versus the West Coast Gangster 209 Zone Nate Diaz finally gets announced. <laughs> Dude, I jumped out of my seat. They put out the video. I like was on the verge of tears. I'm extremely excited for this fight. But let's talk about some of the things that are not happening because this fight is happening. Oh, yeah. Dana says he tries to make Kamara versus Kobe. Kobe wants too much money. Then Dana moves on to Kamara versus Jorge. Kamara doesn't want to make the fight. Then they threaten to strip Kamara of the title and make Jorge versus Leon for the title. <laughs> That, I don't know what happened. That kind of falls through. Then we get this gem. For the BMF title, Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. Andre, please, let me shut up for a second. I'm going to give you the floor. I really wish they would have stripped Camaro and made that for the welterweight belt because that's totally justified. Like, Nate just beat Pettis in you know excellent fashion, and Masvidal nearly murdered a man in five seconds so you really couldn't that like, that would be the perfect welterweight title matchup too because these guys are gonna go at it and you know it's going five rounds and if it doesn't it's, it's definitely going yeah. five rounds we know that Nate's it is the main event it. yeah that has to be a main event see this is the thing it was like before connor could make a main event out of anything because he was a double champ but here's the thing belts don't mean anything anymore unfortunately, because of Connor, Because now everybody's just like, yeah, I'm the champ. Time to move up. And everybody else is like, um, you haven't even fought me yet, dude. <laughs> but the BMF title means a lot. And we're forgetting who the real BMF is. Donald Cowboys. Yeah, we'll talk about that but coming hey, up next. Listen, but man, he let, he let it go, and he was like, listen, let him fight for it. <laughs> listen to this. All right, I'm just going to like give you the card that's there for now this is until november 2nd yeah yeah jorge masvidal versus nate diaz beautiful Derek lewis versus blagoy ivanov beautiful black beast is back Corey anderson versus johnny walker johnny walker back beautiful caitlin chikagan versus jennifer maya contenders yeah kelvin gaslam versus darren till wow amazing Remember, Kelvin Gaslam in the fight of the year this far, this year thus far. Steven Thompson versus Vicente Luca, we just talked about. Great fight. Uh, Hakeem Dawadu is in a fight against Julio Arce. Hakeem Dawadu, fantastic performance in his last fight. Knocks some dude out. Featherweight fight. Beautiful. 
Andrzej Arlovsky versus, dude, I'm not even going to try to say this guy's name, but he does train at a balance somewhere far. I saw a hmm? animal black belt. I think the guy's name, he wrote about him earlier. Jai Zinho Rosenstruik. Oh, him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Eight and no. I, I got to believe he's a contender. He's going to go against Andre Arlovsky, who hasn't been good in three years. Yeah. Um, much. Killer card for Madison Square Garden thus far. They haven't even announced who the uh, who the co-main really is. On here, it says Derek Lewis versus Blagoy Ivanov, which um I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah. You can't put... um. You can't put Wonder Boy versus Vicente. No. That's kind of like a, what do you say? That's like a journeyman fight versus somebody who's just trying to bounce back, you know? Yeah, so let's stick in that welterweight division before we move on to the card that's happening this weekend. Um, Let's talk about Leon Edwards. We haven't talked about him in a while, you know. I know we say a lot of things. He's irrelevant, you know. It's It's only a matter of time, blah, blah, blah. But I think there's only one fight to make. And he brought it up this week in sort of a call-out, but sort of a slight. Um, Leon Edwards versus Tyron Woodley. How do you feel about that fight? Because I feel like that fight makes a lot of sense for Leon Edwards. Now, don't get me wrong. It is an extremely dangerous fight. We haven't seen Tyron Woodley since he lost the title. He's had some really tough goes since... You know, Wonder Boy won. So, what are your thoughts on the idea of Leon Edwards versus Tyron Woodley? It's a smart fight. Um, Leon has the same style as Kamaru now, you know, because he knows that that's what it takes to win. But um, this is this is the opportunity that Woodley needs to remind people why he was one of the most dominant welterweight champions in the world. And um, he will obviously beat the living crap out of Leon on any good day. So he just needs to go out and do it. Because, one, he was going to fight Lawler and destroy Lawler. I mean, with all due respect to the ruthless one, but, you know, Tyron Woodley's Tyron Woodley. But I don't know, man. I just miss the Woodley where he was, like, picking people up and dumping them and just hitting them with destructive right hands. And he's not doing that. But now he has the opportunity because he doesn't have the belt anymore. It's obvious that, yes, eventually Colby versus Usman or whoever the champ is going to be has to be made. And eventually they can't run from Woodley anymore. Because now he's not the one being hunted. He's hunting. And, of course, he's mad. You know, he lost his belt in the shittiest way possible. He got outpointed in a wrestling match. You know, like, if you look at him after five rounds of Kamaru, he was just like, well, that sucked. (laughs) So, you know, I just think that's a good fight to make for both guys because if Leon beats Tyron, which probably not going to happen, but if he somehow pulls it off, like, he just put himself like probably in the top five right there if he's not already top five. So, yeah, it's a great fight. I think I'll it definitely makes watch it. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, and um, especially after the Robbie Lawler fallout. Um, 
it just makes sense for Tyron Woodley to get this fight and for Leon to get this fight. But that's enough about the welterweight division. Let's talk about the lightweight division this weekend. One of the most anticipated fights that was kind of overshadowed by this past weekend. UFC Fight Night Vancouver, Justin Gaethje versus Donald Cerrone. Let's start from the bottom. Some other fighters that uh, have fights that are pretty, you know, known. Todd Duffy. Crazy. It's his first fight since 2015. If anybody has heard Ariel Hawani's podcast this week, he's had some health issues. You know, he uh, unfortunately fell through the tough mat. <laughs> And kind of hurt his, uh, I don't know if it he was, blew out his knee. He blew out his knee, yeah. yeah, pretty bad. So it's good to see him back. He's had it's either he gets knocked out or he knocks somebody out. Yeah. So looking forward to that this week. Um, Mikel Perheta, we talk about him pretty frequently. Yeah. He does have a fight. It was a uh, kind of looking fifty <clears throat> fifty, but I'm happy to see him back. Viral MMA superstar Mikel yeah. Perheta. Miles Johns, um, I call him Mini Mighty Mouse. He was someone who really stood out to me on Tuesday Night Contender Series. He he really does fight like I mean, not only does he look like Mighty Mouse, but he has that same like style, and he's a killer wrestler with hands. So yeah. look forward to seeing him and uh, my Marcin Tibera. He will be fighting in the heavyweight division. Oh, Tibera's back. Yes, sir. So let's keep going up. Misha Serkinov versus Jim Crute. I am excited to see Jim Crute back. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what are the chances? No, there is no chance. But what if he just tried to, like, get a quick knockout and, like, yo, put me on that card in <laughs> Australia? It would make sense, yeah. Yeah, but that's, like, two weeks away <laughs> or yeah. a week. Uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Uriah Hall. That is a good fight. Yeah. Uh, Glover Teixeira versus Nikita Krylov. I'm happy to see Grover back. I believe that he's looked very good in his last few as well. Yeah, man. He's been taking out guys that are dangerous. It's just been weathering the storm. Yeah, he's a he's a beast. Talk about a resurgence. Yeah, man. Um, he's got a lot left in him. Yeah, Ian Kudalaba, he submitted him, submitted Carl Roberson. He did lose the decision to Corey Anderson, but he uh, knocked out Misha Serkinov before that. So, I mean, doing pretty good. And then the main event, the the fight that really everybody cares about, Justin Gaethje versus Donald Cerrone. Now, you brought up the BMF title. Yeah. This is really the BMF title here. We're talking about as uh, – Either you love him or you hate him. Brendan Schaub, he calls him first team all violence. Yeah. Never has yeah. a more truer statement been stated. That's true. Yeah. I think this is the title for the most violent after Eddie vacated it, of course. So yeah. it, it, it makes a lot of sense. I kind of like this, though. I kind of like that these guys are like, yo, this is for like the most violent championship. This is for the BMF title. I love it, man. I, I think it's great because it kind of gives these guys a reason to fight, like other than just money, you know. Um, yeah, so Chael Sonnen brought that up where he 
he talked about marketing when it comes to fighting, and he couldn't believe that somebody like Eddie Alvarez would have came up with, you know, this yeah. is the title for the most violent fighter. And let's be honest, you know, I love Eddie, but nine times out of ten, he probably loses that fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In I, an exchange, you know what I mean? He he never gives up, but I think he would have been the last one down if they would have kept going. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, as much as I've always loved Eddie, and it's as much as, as for as long as I followed his career, like, Justin just kind of had it bad because he was thrown in there against guys who were monsters. But, like, when you look at his performance against Dustin, against Dustin, like, he did really well. But there's just something different about Justin. Like, when he gets close to you, like, he will put your lights out. And he never – the crazy part is that he's never done that in his career. But I think this resurgence that he's had is because he's he's really angry. I think that in the talks in the lightweight division, nobody talks about him as a contender. They kind of just look at him as just this guy, and he's kind of upset about it. He said it himself. He's like, you know, like, I'm I'm going to fight Khabib, and when I do, what is this wrestling going to mean? He's not taking me down. And and the reality is is that if he can really stop, like, Khabib from taking him down, like, that fight will not go well for Khabib. So... He has to get through Donald first, though. I was just going to say, like, I love the idea of... I was going to bring that up when we talk about Khabib later on, but the fact that people are writing Justin Gaethje off. Yeah, you can Of, can't. like, the idea of him fighting Khabib and giving him a hard time is preposterous to me. Yeah, because... All right. I'll, I'll, the reason why is because of the fact that Khabib's 12-0 and in the UFC. 28-0 in his professional career, and he's one of the most dominant fighters ever, right? And people just, they're every time they say, oh, maybe this guy will pose a problem, and he just mauls them. I get that, of course, you know, but here's the thing. Justin can wrestle, and he's never been taken down in the UFC. So we don't know how good he can perform against Khabib. But here's the thing, like a lot of people thought, one of the guys that seemed like he would give a, the biggest problem to Khabib was Donald Cerrone because of the fact that he's not just a great Muay Thai striker, but he has an excellent ground game. Like this dude can lock in submissions from anywhere. He doesn't need a gate. Like he's just that good. Greg Jackson turned him into a beast. So it was like, what would Khabib do against a guy who's good off of his back? So, you know, that's the thing. It's like this fight is very big in the lightweight division. But I just think that both guys are kind of like, all right, well, you know, whatever. We're just going to fight just because it's what the fans want to see. And I really appreciate that. You know, they they kind of took one for the team in the midst of, you know, everything going on in the lightweight division. So it's just good to have those two guys who kind of just said, hey, like, let's just do it. You know, we're both going to make money at the end of the day. And, you know, we're both going to put on a great show. So, I love it. Yeah, so you have Justin Gaethje, number five, Donald Cerrone, number four. Now, if Gaethje beats Cerrone, do you just, like, do they swap? Or do you surpass Connor at number three? I don't know why Connor's number three. That's my thing. Like, why is he in... The rankings. I get so mad thinking about this. It pisses me off because it's like, <laughs> yo, you lost 
to Khabib. They had your dumb ass at number two when you fought Khabib. Why? You fought once at lightweight for the belt. That's it. You haven't beat anybody else. You should not be in the lightweight rankings. Diaz was not in the welterweight rankings when he fought Pettis. But he earned it because he beat Pettis. You shouldn't even be there. Right now, it should be number three, Gaethje, number four, Donald, and number five, Paul Felder. That's what it should be. And if Gaethje would win, he should be next in line after Tony. That's what I feel. Because Paul beat Edson, and Edson was number seven. So after, let's just let's just go through a, t- a quick timeline. After this fight, obviously Tony's next. He fights Khabib, probably at UFC, maybe 246, 247, hopefully. After that, you have to put the winner of Donald versus Justin for the belt. After that fight, obviously the winner of that, you know, probably has to fight Paul Felder. You're the loser of that, you know, so it will most likely be like maybe Tony versus Paul Felder or something like that. And after that, it just it has to keep going. But Justin has to be next if he beats Donald or Donald has to be next if he beats Justin. All right. Perfect transition. Let's just get into it. The reason everybody's here. UFC 242. We had it this weekend live from Abu Dhabi. Did you watch the card live? Absolutely. How much of the card did you watch? From uh, early prelims all the way. Okay. Yeah. So I got there um, at the end of the TV prelims. Yeah. And then I watched <coughs> the main card. I'm not going to lie, and, and we're going to talk about it right now. Paul Felder versus Edson Barbosa. How did you score it? I scored it 29-28. The first thing I did after they read the... What did I tell you? I said, how did you score the fight? How did he win that fight? Yeah. Here's the problem. I did not really see too much of the fight because I had an issue on my TV. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Look, um, it was 29-28. The way I scored it, Edson won that first round. Clearly, he did. You know, they were real close in striking. But when you look at who was landing the more definitive and more effective strikes, it was Edson. Very beautiful leg kicks. He was landing a beautiful left hook. But in the second round, Paul started to make a rally back. He was moving Edson back the entire second round, and Edson just shot in for a double, and he got it. But he did not pass guard, and he did not land any strikes, any good strikes at least. Paul was landing elbows from the bottom and cut Edson again. The key to this, Edson never attempted to pass guard, which means he was just trying to score points, but Paul scored more. Yes, Paul was down on strikes, but that was because he was taken down. They didn't really account those elbows as significant strikes, I guess. But the third round, Paul was advancing, and he landed way more than Edson, which would mean he won 29-28. But one judge saw it 30-27. It was close. I don't know why. That's kind of the reason why the you know the, the fight was seen. It seemed controversial, but it really wasn't. Paul really did win two rounds to one. Yeah, when I listened to the fight companion, 
I was like, okay, yeah, Paul won this fight. I mean, don't get me wrong, I had him slightly up. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure because I didn't I didn't see a thirty twenty seven on either side. No. So clearly no. there was a mistake there. Yeah, and this is the thing, like what like what Paul said, he got cut due to a headbutt. Edson got cut due to strikes. Like he was getting hit a lot in that fight. And the reality is, if Paul wanted to go for the kill, he could have. But you have to be very careful with fighting a guy like Edson. Why? Because that switch kick will destroy you. His leg kicks will destroy you. I mean, the dude's a, a monster. But, you know, when you look at the difference between how Paul performed versus Edson and how, like, a guy like Dan Hooker performed against Edson, you see the clear difference between, like, who's really at that level and Paul is. And I'm sorry for most people who will say Edson won, but there's no way in hell he won. He lost two. He lost two rounds in a row. So either way, like you have to ha- give your hats off to both fighters because they put on an excellent, excellent fight. That was an excellent fight, and Paul keeps doing that. He fought Mike Perry, tough as nails. Took him to a split decision. You know, like guys have beat Mike. But a lot of them haven't been the same because Mike will put it on you. And Paul just, he, 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 he pressed through that fight. So, you know, I don't really care what anybody says. Paul just made himself a serious contender in the lightweight division. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for what Paul has to do next. Because who's to say that, you know, they don't give him that Connor fight. We do have I'm sorry my foot itches. <laughs> we do have Dan Hooker versus Ally Aquinta, which is crazy. Number fifteen versus number six. Imagine the shake up if Dan Hooker knocks Ally Quinta out. He will. I love Ally Quinta, but he won't be able to stand with Dan Hooker. It it's one of those things where you kinda just know that Dan Dan Hooker belongs in the top ten. But there's guys that he has to fight first. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of names in the 15. Well, one, another one that sticks out to me, crazy, uh, Gregor Gillespie, but he is almost there. He's at 11. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense why they haven't made a fight. They like, said nobody wants to fight him. Yeah, because he's the most dangerous in the division, and there's a reason. And then you have guys like Alexander Hernandez. Take his ass out. Where's what? Where's he? What's his ranking now? 13. Yeah, Dan Hooker should be 13. Alexander yeah. should be 15. Right now, if if in a perfect world, you have to have Makachev versus Gregor. Right there. Put Makachev and just stop him in his tracks. Stop it. He's never going to be good in the top 10. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I know a bunch. I can I can literally name five guys off my the top of my I mean on my fingertips that would beat the shit out of Islam Makhachev. Five guys right now, okay. But please just give Gregor a good fight. This guy needs to fight somebody serious. If you think about it, just do you have the top ten rankings? Yep. Yeah. Just just list them off. All right. Uh, champion Khabib. Yeah. Number one, Tony Ferguson. And then going down, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone, Justin Gaethje, Ally Aquinta, Paul Felder, Kevin Lee, Edson Barbosa, and Anthony Pettis. Yeah. 
Okay. I can think of uh, one, two, three, three. I mean, that 10, 9, and 8, they got to go. Kevin Lee doesn't even fight in the division anymore. No. Anthony Pettis moved on to greener pastures. And Edson Barbosa, you know, two tough losses in his last two fights. Yeah. So look at those names and think about who Gregor can fight. He can fight all of them. Right now, I could even say right now, if you wanted to, you can put Paul Felder to fight Gregor. And the winner gets Justin versus Donald. Here's the thing, though. I don't think that's fair. Well, for Paul, yeah, it's not fair because he deserves a, a big fight. But here's the thing. How long does he have to wait? Because here's, here's the downside to the lightweight division. Once you make top five, think about who's in the top five. With the exception of Justin Gaethje and Donald Cerrone, those other guys are untouchable if you think about it. You have to earn your way to fight Khabib. It's not easy. One, nobody really wants to fight Khabib other than the guys I'm about to list off. Tony. Who wants to fight Tony for five rounds? For three rounds? Nope. Connor. How are you going to make that fight? Everybody wants to fight Connor. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everybody wants to fight Connor, but are you a big enough name? Even though the guy, I don't give a shit about Connor anymore. He sells on his own, though. Yeah, he sells on his own. He doesn't need real promotional backing. He can just say, I want to fight this guy. Let's do it. And then, and then you said Dustin, right? Dustin just came off a loss against Khabib. Yeah, let's just cover that real quick. I don't know how much there is to say. You know, Dustin had one or two really good points in the fight. But listen, Khabib does what Khabib does. And he chokes out Dustin Poirier. Now, yeah. that's all well and dandy. But let's talk about what's after. It's clear for Khabib. There is one fight and one fight only right now. Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I'm pissed off because... Dana White says that the Khabib versus Connor fight makes sense. Why does it make sense? It doesn't. The you want to you want to know why they're saying it? Because somebody on Twitter put, "I hate to break it to you, but Connor did better than Dustin. He still lost. He still got choked out. It's true, but it's just a one round difference. Like, listen, a loss is a loss. A loss is a loss. And Ethan Doke, yeah, okay." Connor had his moments, but he still got his ass whooped handedly. This is not like one of those situations. Like one guy had the audacity to say Connor had Khabib hurt. When? When? He oh, never had God. Khabib hurt. I watched the entire fight standing up with my eyes only looking at the screen. I was totally focused. It was like flow state all the way. I couldn't not watch the fight. I, I was completely focused. Connor didn't do shit to Khabib. Nobody has been able to do shit to Khabib. The only guy that I could see right now who could definitely beat Khabib easily would be Tony. Why? Tony is literally the greatest of all time when it comes to scrambles. His snap jutsu is the perfect combination between decent wrestling and high-level 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. When you mix that together, you have a guy who's a nightmare on the ground. 
Dustin had a guillotine choke that he could have finished probably if he would have got the other leg around and would have just locked it in and and switched over to full mount guillotine with Khabib. And at that moment, that would have been the greatest upset of all time. But he made a mistake. Guess who won't make a mistake with a choke? Tony. If Tony gets that Darce while Khabib's trying to lock in a single leg, I promise you, we will have a new lightweight champion. Do you really think that, though? 100%. Like, do you really think that? I'm I just, tell you after why. this week, I just don't know. I, I just can't see it. I've seen Tony Ferguson, a ton of him. I know he's fantastic, but Khabib does what Khabib does. And you know what? The best part about this is that I agree with you, but I'm going to tell you why that little part inside of me says no. When you look at everybody that Tony has fought, there's always this one moment in the fight that's very special in the first round he does not take him his opponent seriously he just kind of lets them throw he shows everybody what they're good at he just lets them do their thing right yeah we saw it with cowboy yeah we saw it with uh pettis yeah they were all doing great they hurt him they dropped him and and if you think of the performance that Cerrone had that first round he was really putting it on Tony. But then what happened? There's always that little moment. After that bell rings, what do we see? Tony smiles. And then he keeps smiling. They're putting gauze on his face or whatever or Vaseline. And his coach is just kind of talking to him. But you know he's not listening. There's no game plan for Tony. Tony just fights. And when he smiles at his opponent... And you can look at it from the Tony fight on. He smiles, has, he smiles at his opponent for the second round, and then it's over. You can't tell me the last few fights where he hasn't done that and destroyed his opponent after that. Tony is a psychopath. He is. Listen to this. His last eight fights. Performance of the night, performance of the night, performance of the night, and fight of the night. Fight of the night, fight of the night. Wins the interim title, fight of the night, fight of the night. And his last two TKOs, due to what? Dr. Stoppage. The dude is violent. I understand that. But listen, I'm just trying to play it out in my head. How the hell is he going to take over this bear? Khabib is ridiculous. There's one way. And this is what nobody's seeing. Khabib makes a lot of of mistakes in this fight. Yeah, he fights with his uh his heart too much. Like on the wrong side though. Yeah, he does. And here's the thing. With Tony, look, perfect example. Tony versus Edson Barbosa. What was happening in that fight? Edson was murdering him on the outside. Kicks, knees, punches. Tony was having a tough time in that fight. And guess what happened? With blood all over his damn face. And really nothing to lose. He locks in the Darce. That is the difference in the fight. The way Dustin got handled in there was because, number one, what did he say after the fight? I felt like I couldn't get a rhythm going on the feet. The takedowns were happening, and I kind of knew where he was, but I, I didn't really know how to defend the stuff because I was getting punched in the face. I couldn't get up. 
That's not an issue for Tony. Tony doesn't think when he fights. He just doesn't. And that is why he's going to beat Khabib. Because where Khabib will make mistakes, Tony will capitalize. I promise you. Look what happened when he fought Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee dominating him the first round. Full mount, beating the shit out of him. Second round, he took him down again. Guess what happened? He made one small mistake, and Tony capitalized. You think that... Do you actually think that if Khabib starts to maul Tony, Tony's not going to just laugh at him? He is. But by the second round, once Khabib realizes like he's not going away, Tony's just going to start putting it on him. Dustin could have done a great job. But when it comes to striking with Khabib, the only way you'll have success is if you push him back. You can't be on his back foot. We saw that with Connor in the first round. When Connor pushed Khabib back, Khabib is flat-footed. He bounces, but he doesn't have good footwork or good defensive technique. So he just kind of moves around. If Tony pushes Khabib back, it's over. Khabib will never be able to get the takedown. If you're moving back off the takedown, I mean with your back to the cage, the takedown's not effective. Why? Because there's nothing there to hold the other guy back from sprawling. And if, to- if Khabib sprawls, what makes you think that Tony is just not going to push his head and go out for that Darce? Like, it's just something I know is going to happen. And I feel like he's going to beat him with the Darce if he doesn't get the doctor stoppage. So I'm going to end it there because the lightweight division is ridiculous right now. Stacked. We could literally have an entire week of episodes or an entire month of episodes just for the lightweight division. Yeah, now I know this is incredibly anticlimactic. But what were your thoughts on Curtis Blades? Uh, you know, he's just another Khabib. He's just going to do what he's continuing to do. There's his really ground nothing. and pound is disgusting. Yeah. I mean, look, the guy, he makes up for his lack of striking with that dangerous ground and pound. But here's the thing. I mean, nine times out of ten, I don't see him beating Francis. That's the problem. Yeah. That's his that's blemish. His hurdle. Twice. Yeah, that's his hurdle. Big blemish, Francis. And, and, hey, same thing with Weidman versus Silva. Ten times out of ten, Weidman will always win that fight. It has nothing to do with knockouts. He just has that mental edge over you. And that's what Francis has over Curtis. So yeah. the only way to the title is if he can get around Francis. If he can get around Francis, and which he could, because right now if Francis fights Stipe in the rematch, Stipe wins, Curtis can go right for the title. And won't have to fight Ngannou again mm-hmm. until he wins the title, if he wins it. And if he does, then, you know, that means Ngannou will be champion. So, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, lots of crazy movement in the uh, pound for pound. <laughs> I don't even remember who he fought. Who did he fight again? Who? Curse um, Blades? Yeah. Uh, Shamil Abdurahimov. Oh, yeah. Another one of Khabib's boys. Yeah, I mean, Khabib's, who was it? Zubaira? Maybe that was uh, such an awful fight. Disgusting. I was, you know, the funny thing is, like, I laugh because people are like, yo, those Dagestani guys, like, jujitsu doesn't work on them. But you know what does? Good old American freestyle wrestling. Why? Because they're not good with double legs. And that pressure is just different. So, yeah. It's crazy. If you look at, like, you know when you go on Google and you Google the cards, it comes up like the three. It's a main card, prelim, and then early prelim. If you look at all of them, 
the early prelims were probably the most exciting. Yeah. Yeah, we had the vicious knockout from Amari, or um, Bro. I'm sorry, from a uh, Muslim Salikov on Nordine. We had Bilal Muhammad get that submission after getting brutalized. Yeah. And then we had that one dude, Atman Azatar. Bro, I'm I'm just gonna say this. The Nordine Taleb thing that just kind of happened. You know, that really wasn't his fault. He just got caught. But that dude, I almost shit my bricks <laughs> because I looked at his couple a couple fights. He don't punch that hard. But damn, that goes to show you, you can be good in one area of a fight. You can be extremely well-rounded. But there is one thing that you can never get around in a fight, and that's physics. That's the human anatomy. Nobody would be able to take that punch behind the ear. Just like there's only a matter of time before your liver gives out on you after a couple of punches or kicks. But damn. Crazy. That dude's legs was, were shaking after he hit and the ground. And you heard it. I, I watched that video a hundred times trying to figure out where the punch went. Oh, behind the ear. It was just like, <gasps> and you just saw his body go, good night. <laughs> Oh, you, honestly, I'm waiting for the meme that com- probably will come out on Facebook or or Twitter where they do the Microsoft when it like the sound when it's turning off because that's literally what happened. He just went night night. Yeah, a, it was a great weekend. Yeah, um, it was a great card overall. I'm not gonna lie, I don't even know if you agree with me, but UFC forty two forty two completely overshadowed by the news of Nate Diaz. Oh, yeah. Versus yeah. Jorge Masvidal. And then on Monday, it even heated up with that Jorge Masvidal, you know, the beef between him and Kobe Covington. Uh, Dustin Poirier even saying it like, look, when I see you at the gym, it's on site. Whoo. Crazy. That's the thing. It's like, here's my thing. Like, when it comes to Kobe, dude, I had a huge argument with people. People were like, oh, it doesn't matter what you say because, oh, Kobe will just out-wrestle Dustin. Do you actually think Dustin's going to let him shoot for a takedown right then and there? No. He's going to snipe his ass. And that's what's going to happen. He's going to snipe him. And guess what? You think people ain't going to jump Kobe? You literally talk shit about Robbie leaving the gym and turning his back on everybody who had him, who had his back at, at ATT. And look what you just did. Not only did you just turn your back on a guy that you were living with, you turned your back on one of the most violent Walter Waits this world has ever seen. I promise you, I would pay money to see Dustin and George jump him and beat the shit out of him. I would literally, I would literally pay money to see that. That could be UFC 243 for me. This Dustin is... jumping, George, <laughs> I mean, jumping Colby and George jumping in. This and, is the last thing I wanted to bring up about UFC 242 before we hang up the uh, the microphone for today. Um, because I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up. I brought it up to Ron Pashery, our good buddy, who, who did come and watch the fight with me. Aww. Um, is this Is this dumb of me to think this? I think it makes more sense for Dustin Poirier to move up. Yes. Okay. Okay. 
I think it makes more sense for him to move to welterweight. I think he can compete in that division. I do too. But um, do I see a title match eventually? No. Um, I, lo- I love Dustin, man. Like everything he embodies as a martial artist, as a man. Um, I look up to him. He's really, he's really a role model for me, man. But um, he just kind of got stuck in this weird spot in his career where he's always fallen to literally the best of the best. Now, granted, his knockout loss to Michael Johnson, in my opinion, was a fluke. But here's the thing. Dustin fought Khabib, and he did his best. But there really wasn't anything he could do. He just didn't have the wrestling. And he just didn't have the ability to really capitalize. And when he fought Connor, it was the same thing. You know, Connor just made a small adjustment and he caught Dustin, and that was the end of it. But, um, yeah, a welterweight move is good, but I just see him kind of ending up like Rafael Los Anjos. Getting there, but not really reaching that pinnacle. So, there's really nothing to lose for Dustin. He did win the belt. I mean, he won the interim belt, he got to wear it. But, um, yeah, there's really nothing else for him to do after that. Um, you know, I remember when he said, if I choose to fight again, you know, like, he'll bounce back stronger. And uh, sometimes it's just, there's nothing you can do. So, you know, uh, I agree. I don't think you're crazy for saying that. It just kind of sucks, man, because, like, I was really pulling for Dustin. Like, his story and everything, I, it was so on point. Like, I really believe that he had what it took to defeat Khabib, and he didn't, so. How happy are you that he's not retiring? I'm very happy. I think there's so much left for him to do. I just think that, like I said, he just got caught up in the wrong time. It was like if you were facing MJ in his prime, were you really going to beat him in the finals, even if he got there? No. Jordan was going to do what Jordan does best, win championships, win MVPs, win Defensive Player of the Year. There's nothing you could do about it. Same thing, like, you know, in in boxing. You could have had four or five belts in your division, and then Floyd calls your name out. Are you really going to beat him? Probably not. But that's not your fault. There's just people on this earth who are just created to do incredible things, and sometimes you just can't beat them at it. So... You know, but I, it was a valiant effort for Dustin. So, yeah. Yeah, fantastic weekend. I'm looking forward to this weekend as well. But, Andre, that has been this week's Your Boy Elroy. Don't forget this weekend, Joe Body Bags Piper in the main event for the title in AC for Ring of Combat. Joe Piper, good luck, buddy. We're looking forward to seeing you. I am Josh Prep Egina. You can find me on all forms of social media at Elroy Prepson. One word. Andre? Everyone, you can find me on Instagram as Twitter and Twitter, excuse me, as Flow State Dre. And you can also find me on Facebook as my regular name, Andre Rodriguez. Thank you, everybody. Five star ratings and reviews. Don't forget, if it's your birthday, happy birthday. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week.